It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study. We've got some text messages to get through. We would love to hear from you guys. Uh, before we get stuck into our Bible study, though, we are going to look at our question for our quiz. Lawson, go for it. Yeah, for 400 points. By the rivers of Babylon, what did the lamenting psalmist say they could not do while in their captor's wasteland, even with the sarcastic taunting of the Babylonians, to do so? 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. For 400 points, you can win a book from our selection of bargain books. But again, that question was, uh, by the rivers of Babylon, what did the lamenting psalmist say they could not do while in their captor's wasteland, even though the sarcastic, uh, even with the sarcastic taunting of the Babylonians to do so? So they, they didn't do something. The Babylonians were telling them to do something sarcastically, making fun of them so that they would do it. If you know what that is, 0491-064-669. Fantastic stuff. Can't wait to get into this week's Bible study. We do have some text messages here. Uh, Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. The Rwanda National Parks, the Horseshoe Bats. They're going right back to the beginning of the show, the Horseshoe Bats. So you think you're all good looking? Question mark. Oh, that is so rough. <laughs> okay, but here's, here's the thing that was going through my mind when I read this text message, and that is this. What does a horseshoe bat think when he looks at humans? I mean, a horseshoe bat has a mouth like a horseshoe upside down. Uh-huh. I mean, that's like the biggest frown possible. Mm-hmm. Does he look at humans and think, well, humans smile all the time. They must be super sad because their face is upside down. Does he think? Does a horseshoe bat think that humans are sad when they smile? I'm convinced that horseshoe bats can't think. Okay, you can't look that stupid and not be. Stupid. <laughs> that that's that's my that's my. I, I'm convinced analysis. that horseshoe bats are genius because they've survived forty years without being sick. without anyone knowing. Yeah. Wow, that's they're actually genius. That's amazing. Yeah, they could be living in your backyard. You don't know. Um, Saudi Arabia spinach doesn't sound too appetizing. I thought it was. Um, Cabbage. It was spinach. Spinach is appetizing. What's wrong with spinach? Spinach is the bomb, dude. Somebody doesn't like spinach. You can but cook spinach. What a great idea. When do mm-hmm. we get it in our shops? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we need to have these in the outback. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a system for um, you basically set up a solar panel and grow cabbage underneath of it, mm-hmm. and it waters the cabbage from the moisture in the air. That's right. Uh, electric minivan, yeah, I'll have one of those. Please, you should make it one of your prizes on your show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I didn't even mention the price. It's 40,000 euros, guys. So, what's that, 80 grand? Something like 70 grand? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Would be, we we would can be, give one of those away. Oh, oh dude. We're, meanwhile, we're on the Faith FM big bucks, bro. Yeah. We could, they could take that out of our salary. <laughs> we wouldn't, wouldn't even know. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to say we wouldn't have a salary, which would be true. <laughs> <laughs> how much? Did, how much did you pay for your car? Um, five hundred dollars, <laughs> not forty thousand. No, I drive a nice car. Come yeah, on, you do reasonable. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I've I've been smashed enough. <laughs> like the rear bumper's all crumpled. Anyways, okay. The Russian Orthodox Church asked to stop the war. I would recommend all the listening audience to watch. Uh, Walter Weith, what's up, Prof? Number 106. Um, the Ustashi, they were worse than the Nazis, a true religious war. That will happen again in the future for the destruction of true Christianity. I have a feeling even if they stop this war, something even worse will happen. Don't worry, God is in control. We know the end 
We know the end of the story. Mm. We are all in the valley of decision. Let's make the right decision. True. All right. Uh, Next one says, this flood has been called a one in 500 years flood. So you had the one in 100 years flood. This one's been called the one in 500 years flood. And in some areas, a one in 1,000 years flood. Can hardly wait for the one in 2,000 years flood. Well, guess what? The good news is there's not going to be a one in 4,000 year flood. Yes, that's right. We have a rainbow which guarantees there will be no such thing as a Uh one in 4,000 year flood. Praise God. Yeah. Well, they had to call it the one in 500 year flood because the one in 2017 was one in 100 years. So for it to eclipse that, then it has to, you know, be a bigger timeline. Yes. Anyway, you've heard about the statement by the leader of the Economic Forum, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. The insurance companies will have much to do with it. Uh, Boris, great story and baptism too. Uh, mm. to, um, great baptism to remember. Mm. Like you came, I like how you came with your Sunday best mm. to help. That's so funny. And then finally, just another, uh, another message here. Great uh, work, Adra. Um, let me see here. We've got another. Uh, Sky says, hello, prizes in Bitcoin or Monopoly money or petrol vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For the, for the quiz? Is that what she means? That's what she means. Yeah, yeah. okay, uh, yeah. I'll... Monopoly money is probably the best we can do right there. Yeah, that's uh, right. Petrol vouchers, uh, you'd be cheaper to buy an electric car, I think. And uh, we can't afford Bitcoin. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting a small government bonus soon as I work in aged care. That will be going into the car for petrol. Nice. I think everybody's bonus is going straight into the man, car. Man, I've got, you know, you know when people say it costs like an arm and a leg? Man, I'm, I'm putting limbs in my car. At the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's right, just feeding I'm, them. I'm in. feeding them limbs. I'm feeding it organs, you know. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm tempted to, to sell my kidney at the moment, but you know, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm not going to, um, <coughs> because I, is that morally wrong to sell your kidney? No, no. I I think I can see it being. I think in, I I don't think so. I don't. See you know, I've got two I've of them, about so that. I'll donating survive. A, donating a kidney is definitely morally right. Uh huh. But if I like Selling sell one? it for money. Would be a really bad idea because it's very, very temporary amount of money. You only get like thirty grand or something for yeah, it. No, I've heard, I've heard it a little bit more. You know, up around the sixties or something, depending on yeah, where you sell it. Yeah, and it's just gone, just like that. It's like it's like money that you get off of. Um, you know, when you get when you get fast money, it disappears real fast. No, but I'll put it in the bank. Yeah, I'll put it in my car. Yeah, that's, just, that's I'll put, yeah. put it for my petrol. Anyways. Let's go to our Bible study here. I think we've got some more text messages coming through in just a moment, but it's Bible study time. Mm-hmm. And guess which chapter of Hebrews we are about to dig into? Chapter 11. 11 is where mm-hmm. it's at. We are getting into Hebrews chapter 11, but we need to have we need to have a bit of background. So, you know, okay. favorite chapters of Hebrews? 8, 11, 12. Mine's 12. Yours is 12? Yeah. Yeah, mine's 8. Yeah. Eight, eight is amazing too. It is. I'm preaching a sermon on chapter eight, but soon. for a lot of people, it's eleven. Yeah, and I get that. But we need to understand why Paul launches into this sermon in the middle of the book of Hebrews on faith, having just spoken about all this deep sanctuary stuff. Mm. And the reason is because of the build-up, and we're going to notice a little bit of the build-up here, and uh, the theme that that Paul has been pushing in the lead-up to 
the book of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to Hebrews. Sorry, the, the, the Hebrews chapter eleven. Let's go to Hebrews chapter ten and let's read what the Bible says. Uh, let's begin in verse thirty-four. We're going to read these last few verses for you. Hebrews chapter ten and verse thirty-four. The Bible says, "You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it." With joy, you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Okay. All right. So Paul now starts to point the attention of his listening audience to better things that last forever. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Uh, Continues on in verse 35. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that has prom- that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith and I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Okay, so he starts to introduce this concept here of the return of Jesus. Mm. And this is a theme that has sort of been popping up from time to time throughout the previous chapters. And if you go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, we're going to look at a few of these verses here together. Uh, Hebrews 10 verse 23. Actually, yeah. no, 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 no. Let's go to, let me just see here. Let's go to Hebrews 9 verse 28. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, where the Bible says, So also Christ died once for all time as the sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for okay, him. Okay, and, and, and we often look at this verse as being focused on Jesus dying once and that being sufficient for all sins. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. But this verse is actually about the second coming. Its conclusion is, yes. is you know, routed in the second coming. That's right. Mm. It's, a, it's a second coming verse. Mm. Go to chapter 10 and verse 25. In chapter 10 and verse 25, the Bible says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Okay, so once again, you've got this... Direction, directing mm. people to the second coming of Jesus. Mm. Then we've got these verses that we just looked at here, you know, in verse 36, we have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Well, what promise is that? It is the promise of the return of Christ. For a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not be delayed. What's mm. his coming? That's his. That's the coming of Jesus. And then, of course, you go down to verse 39, but we are not those who, who draw back to perdition, but are those who believe to the saving of the soul. Mm. And so why is it that Paul is making this emphasis on the return of Christ before he launches into, or why does he launch into this chapter on faith after having this emphasis at looking at the return of Christ? Um, because this is the ultimate promise of faith. Yes. It's the, like, the ultimate consummation of everything that has happened so far in the biblical narrative. Yes. It is the, and especially, like, sitting at this time, um, and I would say also sitting where, where we are today, it's like they have thousands of years of biblical history to reflect on. Yes. Where all of these amazing, miraculous things took place. 
Absolutely. But ultimately, those things have happened, and now they're looking forward to something better. But it's like, oh well, how can we? How can we trust that that there is this better thing coming? How can we trust God? You know that yes, he, there will be a second coming. There will be an end of sins. Well, that's where chapter 11 comes in. Okay, so you've got a whole bunch of people here. These are Hebrew people that have Mm -hmm. a very, very long history. Mm -hmm. And uh, that long history is now based in fact. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between what is fact and what is faith. Mm -hmm. Faith is something where you trust God to do something Mm -hmm. that has not yet happened. Uh Fact is something that has happened. Yes. The second coming is accepted by faith because it has not yet happened. Mm-hmm. And so what do we base that faith on? Is it just what well, we believe because we believe because we believe? Is it circular reasoning? Mm-hmm. Is it just a, a warm, fuzzy feeling? Or is there actually something tangible that we can base that faith mm-hmm. on? Is there evidence for faith or does God expect us to, to have blind faith? Well, I, I would say the answer is no, and chapter 11 proves that. By reflecting on the history of the Hebrew people, he's like, "Hey, this is this is things that we've confirmed." Yes, you know, and in fact, that's why it says like, "Faith is the confidence." That this is the first verse. Yes. Faith is the confidence uh, that we uh, hope uh, for. Will oh man, this is hard to faith read. is the substance, substance of, of things, things hoped for, the evidence of things, of things not seen. seen. It's that the faith of these people in history themselves. Um, and th- they had faith that it would happen, which contributed yes. as evidence. They had some fact. Yeah. A lot less than us. Yeah. They had a lot of faith. Uh-huh. And God came through for them. God came through for them, which, you know, again, like this event took place and it put a drop in the bucket of evidence that God would come through. And so what Paul now does in the rest of chapter 11 is that he is putting drops in the bucket. He's like this is this is our this is our basis for why we believe Jesus will come again. And it's like, well, remember when God said this and it happened. Remember when God said this it would happen. Remember when God said this it would happen. He's laying out the facts. He's laying out the evidence. Um and you know, for this people at this time who are much much closer to the, those events, like this is their history and so this is this is this is how Paul is deciding to convince them. Yes. Yeah. We have a little bit of a different system now, you know, living uh, 2,000 years after this event and being that we're not Jewish people, we're not from this, you know, we're born in Australia, is probably one of the far- furthest places from Jerusalem. Um, you know, we rely on Bible prophecy to do the same thing. That's right. Um, but for these guys, it's like, no, this is your history. Like, this is, these this is are your story. Be- like, you know, he's probably talking to people who are like, uh, I-, I know that during the Babylonian captivity era that come before this, a lot of the people groups got kind of confused and, and mingled and they maybe had lost some of their ancestry. But for most of them, it's like, you're a descendant of David. Like, you're a descendant of Aaron or Abraham or Moses. Like, this is actually in your family tree. We have this recorded. Um and we know that those people went through these events, and that's how you are here today. So he's reflecting on their very, you know, relevant history that they, they know took place. And so, Indeed. yeah, that's when we get into the chapter 11. And, you know, you, you, you kind of look at uh, the history of the Jewish people, you know, and how many mm. times have they been dispersed out of their land? You know, God promised them their <laughs> land, and how many times, you know, they go down to Egypt, they go up to Babylon, uh-huh. you know, they, they, they end up in the diaspora, and they always end up, you know, back in their land again. And it's one of those things where God's like, okay, you can you can look at something like this and you can have faith because there is something tangible mm-hmm. here that you can trust on. And this is what Paul is appealing to with them 
is you have the long, very um, uh, famous, mm. you know, because he goes through the uh, the Hall of Fame of faith, mm-hmm. really, uh, history of people who exercised faith, and God came through for them. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, this is the evidence that you need to be able to believe in the return of Christ, because mm-hmm. everything that he's going to say in Hebrews chapter eleven is based on fact. Mm. Why is he talking about fact, 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 fact? Because the second coming is based on faith. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the coming of the Messiah was based on faith up until Jesus came. Yes. And now it's based on fact. Uh And he's saying, okay, you've got all of this right here. You've got thousands of years Mm -hmm. of fact. Mm -hmm. This one is one that you're going to base on faith. Why do you think then that he talks about, and he actually quotes from Habakkuk. Uh, let's go back to Habakkuk chapter 2. Oh, chapter 2, verse 4. Is that what we're... 2 to 4. That's, that's what we're We're going to start in at. verse 2. Um, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to look this up on my phone because I know these verses and I just don't want to... I don't want to read you it. You don't want to read NLT. it in <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, sorry. Uh, chapter 2, verse 2 to 4 in the New King James, the Bible says... Uh, this, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the t- the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Amen. Mm. Why do you think it is that Habakkuk here, you know, in, in prophetic uh, utterance, talks about the vision, how it's yet for an appointed time. At the end it will speak, it will not lie, even though it tarries. What does your translation say? Yeah, it's mine delayed. says the same. Yours says tarries. Mine says tarries as well. New King James says tarries. Yeah, it says because it will surely... Yeah, yeah, it says tarries. So tarries was still a word that was used what, back in 1979 when the New King James came out. Yeah, I guess so. Do you use the word tarry? No, not really. Even, uh, other than like when I'm speaking, I don't know, sometimes in a sermon because like the Bible verse yeah. will say it, but like, no, I, I, I usually say like, wait. There you go. I did not know that was still yeah. a word. Delay. Um, yeah, delayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, though it is delayed, wait for it mm-hmm. because it will come. Yes. Uh, why, is, why is Paul quoting this particular passage to these people at this particular mm. time? Because, ah. Uh, Okay, this is, this is my thoughts. The book of Habakkuk is a really epic book. Um, Habakkuk is a dude who's kind of looking around at his nation at the time. This is pre the Babylonian invasion, but coming up to, to that time period. Uh, and he's looking around and he sees violence everywhere and he's like seeing like the, the, the precedents and the steps being made like we're going to be destroyed by Babylon. Um, our king is terrible. Like everything is awful. Our country's falling apart. And he is questioning God. He's like, God, what are you doing? Like, wake up. Like, do something. Like, we're going to fall apart. Um, and then God gives him a prophecy about Nebuchadnezzar. He's like, no, this the Chaldeans, they'll come. They'll, they're going to destroy you, but it's fine. Like, this is something I've ordained to happen. And then Habakkuk's like, seriously, God? Like, you're going to let us be destroyed by Babylonians? Like, how is the Messiah going to come? How are we going to represent you to the world if we're destroyed by Babylonians and dispossessed again? And that's where he comes in. This is God then replying back to Habakkuk. And he's like, no, the just shall live by faith. Like, yes, the, the promise tarries. Like, it is delayed, but, like, it will happen. 
it will take place. This is in their context. This is before the Babylonian. This is before the Babylonian invasion. Smash them. And then in the context of Hebrews, we're seeing a Hebrew people that are about to be smashed again and just Christianity in general. People who are going to be waiting and be waiting and waiting and this promise is going to be delayed, but it will take place. Jesus will come back. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. 0491 is the number to call if you can figure out the answer to the question that Lawson is about to ask. That's right. For 500 points, what army said you might as well go home? Even the blind and the lame could keep you out. You can't get in here to David just before he took the city. Who said that? Who, who just tried to insult David? And by the way, David went and just absolutely destroyed them too, so it was pretty funny. Um, but he did, they did have some good ins, insults right there. Um, Standard military practice of the day. If you know who said that, um, well, then you can receive the book right here. It is called Parenting Boot Camp by Kay Kuzma. You know, we talk a lot of, on the show about family values about how parents should be parents um, and about how good parenting is one of the biggest blessings that anyone could ever receive being raised well. And so, hey, 0491 is the number to call if you want this book. We'll give it to you absolutely for free, provided you know the answer to which army said, you might as well go home. Even the blind and the lame could keep you out. You can't get in here. Who said? If you know who said that to David, you can win the prize. 0491-064-669. All right. So um, we're talking about faith here yes. this morning, and we're talking about the heroes of faith, and uh-huh. so we want to hear from you as our listeners. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 uh-huh. is the chapter which is all about the heroes of faith. Mm. I don't know which one is your hero. Which uh-huh. one's your favorite? Wow, I don't see your name in here. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully. Okay, but there's some pretty big sinners in there as well. Oh, yeah, amen. Uh, we need to remember that and we need to remember why they are in there and why they are listed in there. But, yeah, we want to hear from you. Well, who, who's your favourite out of the list? There's, there's a significant list. I mean, is it Abraham? Is it Jephthah? Or is it someone in between? Is it Elijah? Um, I, would, I, would, I would say it's probably Abraham for me. Is it somebody like you know, Rahab? Or mm. there's there's lots to choose from. Mm-hmm. Lots to choose from here in the uh, Hall of Fame. Of and then Fame. you get to like verse thirty two, and he's like, "How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets." Like he's just like, "There's so many more people I could I could mention," you know, because he goes in depth on a few of them. But yeah, and then he's like. You you know them. You know you know. What's You're Hebrew up. people. Yeah, this, You're Jewish people. You know you know these. You know them. You know what's up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So he's been talking about the second coming. He's been talking about the fact that uh, well, uh, illustrating the difference between fact and and faith, mm-hmm. and the, the 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 mediatorial role of the the, the sacrifice of Jesus on mm-hmm. earth is fact, and we now move by faith to accept what he's doing in heaven, mm-hmm. and. The promise of his return. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since he said that. Mm. Do you think Jesus is still coming back? Maybe he's forgotten. Um, What's with that long time period? No, like that's that's exactly why he 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 quotes Habakkuk. Like the point is, and also like if you factor in the rest of the the Bible. In fact, Paul himself makes an express point um, in I believe it's the book of Thessalonians where he says. Um, hey, I said a bunch of stuff about Jesus coming back soon. 
it's true, but there's a bunch of other stuff that needs to happen first, specifically Absolutely. the revealing of the Antichrist, That's right. which was foretold in Bible prophecy and has happened. And we now, it's, it's another thing that we take as fact that ultimately supplements our belief that Jesus is coming back soon. But I think the reality is for these people, and you know, when people point at that and say, oh, well, they said Jesus was coming back soon in their time and he still hasn't come back 2,000 years later. Well, for these people... And for all people throughout all history, when you die, your ability to choose Jesus ends, right? That's right. And you wake up, you know, the next moment after you die, you wake up and bam. The Bible says that the average human lifespan is three score and ten. That's 70 years. That's right. But you die and you wake up and what's happening? Jesus Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. So it's no longer than pretty much an average... Anyone else for for for, for, for every for everyone who's died, no matter you know whether it's been 120 or 70 or whatever years, it's it's close because they die and they wake up as Jesus is returning. Now we believe that we could potentially you know because of the signs and the prophecies that have been given, we could potentially be a part of the people who see Jesus come back without dying, which is which is incredible. But for everyone, the reality of Jesus' return is something that is very close and very present and that you need to make a decision for today, whether you lived in the first century or whether you live in the 21st century, because you die and you wake up to Jesus coming back. That's that's the simple reality for it. And, and, so, and so, yeah, he's pointing forward to a promise that would be, yeah, very close and very present for them still. And whether, you know, whether Jesus comes back be like, let's say I die in the next 10 years and Jesus comes back in 11 years. Jesus comes back one year later. Or I'm dead just like everyone else who died 2,000 years ago. So how how much closer am I than them? Well, not really any closer because we all die and we all wake up as Jesus is coming back. So, yeah, it's a super present reality and it's the thing that they're looking forward to. It's the fulfillment of their faith, of the promise that has been made to them that there will be no more sin or death or pain or suffering like, this is what they're looking forward to, and they're going to experience it very soon. So, yeah, ah, I'm, this, this is so exciting. Yes, dude. Lawson's on a roll here. <laughs> on this, on this yeah. Um, and, and this is a theme that Paul has been talking about, you know, right the way through the Bible. You know, you've got passages like, you know, Romans chapter 1 and verse 7, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I come. Mm. You know, he, go, he moves from the sacrifice of Jesus and the uh, the sanctuary service of Jesus to his return. He put places his return at the centre of it. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a whole. Uh, yeah, anyway, let's move on to Hebrews chapter eleven now, mm. and let's read uh, that first verse. Let's go through it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not unseen. What are the two key words in this verse that teach us or that state very, very plainly that faith is never to be blind faith? God does not expect us to have blind faith. Uh, Well, he uses the word substance and evidence. Substance and evidence. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And these are two key words right here. And the reason that this is important is because so many times when non-Christians who really know nothing about religion Mm -hmm. uh, look at Christianity as people of faith and they talk about, you know, the difference between faith and science and so forth, there is an assumption out there that the definition of faith is is believing in something that you have no evidence for. Mm. 
That is not what faith is according to the Bible. Mm. Faith is believing in something that has not yet taken place and that you cannot see based on the substantive evidence that you have. Mm -hmm. That is faith. That is big biblical faith. Yeah. Uh, that's such a good point. Like that, by the way, you know, when we, um, my job is uh, outside of Faith FM is to give Bible studies to people. Yes. That is a, a big part of my job. Um, and that ultimately leads people to the decision to become Christian and to give their heart to Jesus and baptize in baptism. And uh, time to time I get questions about that and it's like, oh, why don't you just baptize someone straight away? Like people need to be baptized. And I'm like, well, because you're baptizing them into faith. Yes. Into a belief in Jesus. Yes. Which needs to be defined before they do it. They need to have substance and evidence first. That's right. They need to know what they're being baptized into. Yes, if you're compelled to be baptized, that is a fantastic, you know, com compulsion. I am super glad that you feel that way. And, you know, I'll give you all the evidence that you need to make sure that this is a good decision because we're compelled to do all kinds of things. Um, but, yeah, we should be compelled to, to find the truth here, the substance and evidence for what we believe. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM. We are continuing on with the show right now. Before we get into our question of the day, we are going to have uh, some answers for the quiz. So for 100 points, the answer was Leah. For 200 points, the answer was Aaron. For 300 points, the Ark of the Covenant. 400 points, singing. And for 500 points, the uh, the group of people that heavily insulted David uh, was the Jebusites. But right now, it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle, our question of the day is simply this. Could we consider John the Baptist an apostle? Yes. Really? No. Okay, yeah. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Okay, so the answer is uh, you, can, you can use the word apostle in a whole bunch of different ways. This is a Greek word, apostolos, uh, and the verb of that, of course, is apostelon, uh, and it simply means one who is sent. Have you ever been sent anywhere? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it is more than one who is sent. It's one who is sent as a representative, so uh, an emissary, an, an, an emissary. I always struggle to wrap my tongue around that one. So one who is sent as a representative. So if you go to do something for me, you are an apostle because you are doing something on my behalf. I'm an apostle of Lyle Southwell. Yeah, on occasions. Sure. Okay, so you 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 know you can have uh, you have a whole bunch of different uh, uses of this word, um, where you know you might be uh, you know a vigorous pioneering advocate or supporter of a particular idea or cause. You know, uh, a man once known as the apostle of free market economics, for instance. Is that Ronald Reagan? You can use that word in that particular context. Um, you can, you can, and, and Lawson, you can add to it whichever individuals you want to actually name that particular sure. way. So this is what the word means. It's a Greek word. Uh, it doesn't mean one of the twelve. We need to remember that. In Christianity, of course, when you use the word apostle, you're talking about one of the twelve. Uh, with Paul, of course, included as well. You know, uh, the Bible. You know, Paul talks about himself as apostle. Why does Paul describe himself as apostle? Because he is one who was sent as a representative of Jesus Christ, an apostle to the Gentiles, somebody who was sent to the Gentiles. Okay, so that's what the word, the word actually means. Uh, and so 
you know, usually we refer to it in relationship to an important early Christian teacher or pioneering missionary. Um, in more modern terminology, in a religious context, it would be one of the 12 administrative officers in the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Uh, but these are the various different contexts in which you can use this particular word. Okay, so the question we ask ourselves then is, was John the Baptist sent by God? Was he sent to be a representative of God? The answer, of course, is yes, he was. He was sent by God. He was sent to be a representative of God. He was sent to speak about Jesus Christ. And so under the Greek definition of the word apostle, he fits. Do we count him as one of the apostles? Do we call John the Baptist one of the apostles? No, we don't generally call John the Baptist one of the apostles. When we refer to the apostles, we're generally referring to the 12 disciples and Paul, maybe one or two others, and that's about as far as it goes. And so, in general language, in uh, you know, even in in the, in the language that the Bible uses when it uses the word apostles, that's who it's referring to, and that's what most people, you know, unless the context demands something different. And so, this is one of the reasons why we never refer to John the Baptist as an apostle, simply because the Bible doesn't refer to him that way. Not that it would be wrong to do so. Then you have this thing that happens from time to time, and I see it in charismatic churches, where you have pastors of various churches who will give themselves a title. And I don't understand why a pastor has to have a title. I don't really like titles. I don't see titles as being, you know, titles are always used by the by the human mind to exalt themselves. And so it's just the way we are. It's broken human nature. We like to build ourselves up. And so sometimes you're going to find, you know, in your charismatic churches, you'll find a pastor who's like, yeah, I'm an apostle. Why are they using that language? Why are they using that terminology? Is it because it's just like, well, I'm using it in the Greek term, the one who was sent? No, not really. And it's certainly not how it comes across. It's not the message that is communicated within Christianity. The message that is communicated within Christianity, when somebody takes that title, they are equating themselves or making themselves equal to one of the 12 that spent time with Jesus, that saw Jesus face to face. And many of them will have will claim, you know, I've had a similar experience to, you know, Paul, etc. And so that's why they take that particular title. I don't like it, um, even though technically there might be nothing wrong with it. It gives the wrong idea and the wrong impression to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff. Well, of course, we like to encourage you to study the Bible. And there are so many different ways you can study the Bible, small group, uh, online or uh, you can even study the Bible through a uh, correspondence course, the old-fashioned way. Just have you study it. Do study it. Give us a call here. We'll help you out. Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By His counsel's guide of Sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.